Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drew here. Uh, just a quick little note. Uh, the audio recording I had with Jay is uh, messed up. Um, it messes up around 30 minutes in. I'll uh, I'll probably splice in me saying, "Hey, this is where the uh, mess the audio messes up." We had a weird glitch to where you could hear me fine, but then you couldn't hear Jay, and then there was this really dis- strange distortion. But we had a really good conversation, and it sucks that we lost most of it. But I do want to get something out this week, so this is what's going to go up. Um, take it as you will. Uh, like I said, about 30 minutes in, something really messes up, and the rest of the recording is pretty much crap. Uh, you can't understand really anything, but I am going to throw this up. Um, but like I said, I will say... I'll do another one of these postscripts of, hey, this is where it starts messing up. But I do want to mention, because it's awesome, and you don't you don't even get to hear it. We talk about Persona, and um, as everybody knows, I'm a big video game music person. Skip to the end, because there's an awesome song at the end. Um, we Unfortunately, you will not hear the story behind the song, but it is from Persona 4. Uh, it is a very catchy tune that I think anybody who's ever played Persona will like. So, um, yeah, fast forward to the end where the song, listen to that song, it's great. But after about 30 minutes in, the conversation is bad. You just can't hear it. So, uh, but anyway, I am going to put this up. I hope you guys enjoy what we got out of it. And, um, yeah, uh, like I said, if you want to send emails, stuff like that, uh, you can send me an email, drew at ztg.com. Uh, you can also follow us both on Twitter. It was me and Jay. So it's, uh, at Batusaij and at DML Fury. If you'd like to follow us there as well as the podcast at ztgd.com. Anyway, that's it for me right now. Um, like I said, enjoy what you can. Uh, I'm still throwing it up. So I hope you guys have a great one and uh, you'll probably hear me talk like this again to close to where it starts really messing up. All right. Have a great one on with the show. Yo, what's going on? It's Drew here. Um, we're doing another intermission show. I think this is number seven. I can't remember. That's uh, seven intermission shows, is it? Yeah, seven intermission shows. We've done 28. 
uh, games for Phoenix Down. So, like one out of four sh- four shows. Uh, somewhere around in there, yeah. 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 We um. Yeah, I'm curious now. This is mm-hmm. what I do on intermission shows. I go to the website and look at the past stuff that we've done. Um, and I'm gonna check and see exactly when our intermissions were. Did we have an intermission for one of the shows that I was on, like Alpha Protocol, and what was the was it uh, Dino Crisis? I believe so. Our first intermission was after Crimson Gem Saga, uh, which was the fourth game, and before we went into Near. Uh, then we had a Resident Evil special, which was, I'm pretty sure, was whenever Resident Evil Six was coming out. Sounds about right. And uh, we were, me and Matt, were going back and talking about all the Resident Evil games and our fond memories of them. Let's see here. Second intermission was in between Xeno Gears. Um, the one, the third intermission was after Xeno Gears, right before going into Heavy Rain. Um, now there was no intermission in between Alpha Protocol. Haha. There was uh, intermission number four was uh, after Dark Souls, going into Siren Blood Curse. And then we did an intermission number five after Prince of Persia of the Forgotten Sands, uh, right before going into Binary Domain. So, now that you've just seen the list of all the Phoenix Down games, which game did you think uh, gave you like the best impression of, like, wow, this game is really good? Just, uh, just from a gut feeling perspective. F- from a gut feeling, uh, my complete turnaround, Alpha mm-hmm. Protocol, without without a doubt. Oh, yeah? Nice. I, I thought that game was absolute shit whenever I first played it. It's it's the best bad game you'll ever play, man. Yeah. I mean, if that yeah. gameplay was better, that would been that would have been one of the games of the generation for oh, me. Oh, man. Yeah. Just stick uh, Mass Effect 2 combat into that game. Yeah. Oh, 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 boy. I don't. I mean, that was. I think it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I had never seen a game deviate so much than than that game right there. I wish, uh, like these visual novel adventure games, like the uh, like Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, can take like a hint, like even a sliver of how much that game can deviate from the choices that you make. Yeah, would be lovely, but yeah. Not gonna happen. Um, but a complete, un- the opposite complete turnaround would be uh, Alone in the Dark. <laughs> I had so many fond memories of that game, and then going back to it, I absolutely hate it. What uh, what what do you think changed, man? I mean, it's a product of its time. In 2008, it did a lot of things that I had never seen before, um, and then going back to it and seeing just how broken that game really is. It was, was just horrible. Which uh, version of the game did you guys play? We played Inferno, the PS3 version. Ah, uh, and that was supposed to be the one that's fixed, right? Quote, unquote. Well, basically what it was, they, they fixed the 360 version as well. Um, they, okay. they released it in a patch. The 360 version uh. and, the PS, and, the, and the PC version got a patch. And they were holding off on the PS3 version. And then just basically Inferno is post-patch of Alone in the Dark. But they changed a good amount. Yeah, I remember playing that game too, and it's like I finished it, I, I think, but I didn't have too many fond memories of it particularly. 
So when you guys were talking about it, I was like, I don't remember that game being very good. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it was. I mean, it was very very cinematic. It was more like a movie than it was a game in a lot of ways. The way the game uh, was structured. Yeah. In chapters, and you could even skip chapters like it's like a DVD or something. Yeah. Uh, they have some neat ideas, but overall, I think uh, it missed the mark in so many things it's tried to do. Um, another significant game for me, I didn't like the game, um, but uh, it's significant for a simple reason. Stalker Shadows of Chernobyl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that game. Uh, the reason why it's significant for me was I have untrained myself to play with a mouse and keyboard on a PC game. Untrained or trained? I have untrained myself. <laughs> How does that work? And then, well, I just, I played console games, so I used a controller. Right. And so when I had to play Stalker for Phoenix Down, there is no controller support for that game whatsoever. So I had to relearn how to use a mouse and keyboard to play a first-person shooter. And I think... This may have helped me learn how to do it again. I I actually wasn't aware that uh, Shadows of Chernobyl didn't support controller because I never tried to. Right. When nine out of ten times, if I'm playing a first-person shooter on PC, I always use the the mouse and keyboard. I'm just used to it because of all the other games. But like if I'm playing, if I'm swapping the the visuals to the big TV instead of my monitor, then I'll play with a controller because I don't, you know, my my keyboard and mouse isn't wireless. So I have to turn that thing around to face my uh, TV, and that's uncomfortable. But I don't know. Like once you get used to the whole WSAD and the mouse aiming, it just seems so intuitive as far as what you're controlling. I'm still not good with strafing. Like when I play a first-person shooter with mouse and keyboard, I'm still basically just using W and S. But um, I have you know I can now hold down shift and run at the same time I can now hit the space bar to jump and stuff like that and I can do it I noticed that because I was playing you know I'm playing that MMO for review um god what's it called uh, firefall Fi- firefall yeah firefall is a new MMO it released yesterday oh okay um it's a first person shooter MMO okay and so I'm using the mouse and keyboard for it it, it does have controller support but the, it's got it's, it's it's bad. I'm, I can yeah. I can remap it, but I mean even just navigating the menus you can't really do. So I just decided just to use mouse and keyboard, and I can notice that I'm like, huh, I'm I'm doing pretty decent with the mouse and keyboard as far as the shooting goes and stuff like that. And I was like, and I kind of throw that up to Stalker because I hadn't played a mouse and keyboard first person shooter in years, and then. Me having to play quite possibly a very one of the most difficult games I've played in a long time. <laughs> yeah. As a, with a mouse and keyboard, I was like, okay, I we're gonna do this. This is gonna be hard. I actually beat that game, Matt. I don't think beat it. So, I actually like not Shadows of Chernobyl. I like Call of Pripyat. Okay. Yeah. The uh, I'm not sure if you guys played that one. I played Shadows of Chernobyl. I started it, and I could never get past a certain point and I get really bored and tired of how unintuitive a lot of the gameplay elements are yeah. and I, I just stopped but when I actually got into Call of Pripy they made a lot of improvements streamlined some of the systems and uh, I, I thought atmospherically and graphically uh, Shadows of uh, I mean uh, Call of Pripy is just an amazing looking game well I mean it, it's, it's way way newer 
Uh, I think Chernobyl came out in like 2008 or 2009. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you boot up that game uh, and during certain sections, like during the nuclear fallout sections where there's this electric storms and the, the, the whole entire ground is radiating and there's like an earthquake and there's like a giant light show going outside, that game stands toe-to-toe to games like Metro, Last Light. Yeah. And those are some of the best-looking games of this current generation. And that's really something impressive as far as how, like, steep the atmosphere is in that game. You should try out uh, Call of Pripyat. It's, it's a really good game, even by today's standards. I own another one. Uh, it may be that one. It may uh, be Clear Sky. Clear Sky is nonsense. You know, don't bother, in my opinion. Okay. But Call of Pripyat, especially with the complete edition where they have the, the mods... To make the visuals better and add some like functionality to make the game a little bit more friendly. Well, oh, they had they had that in for Shadows of Chernobyl too. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I think I you suggested told it. You guys yeah, about you that. suggested yeah, yeah. it to us because I was like, thank Christ they added a uh, what was it fast travel? Because <laughs> holy <laughs> yeah. shit, walking everywhere in that game, so oh, annoying. <laughs> yeah, that that map is huge. Yeah, and just having to walk from one end to the next. Yeah, that, that makes the game a lot more playable. Same thing with Call of Pripyat. It was already pretty intuitive as far as how the game flows, but the complete just, you know, just irons out some of the bugs, adds a couple of things to make the game play better. I think uh, that's that's good. You guys should consider that for uh, a Phoenix... And I guess you already played a stalker game. Well, we're playing all of Dragon Age, so... Oh, that's true. Eh, that's, that's, true. that's something we can always put on the list. Yeah, it's also a pretty scary game, so you could consider that for like next year's Halloween or something. Yeah, because I, I I know what you guys are doing for this. Yeah, year. this year we're doing remake. Yep. Can't wait for that one. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that out and play sometime too. Uh, when I get my Wii U and actually tomorrow, I might uh, put in the the Wii version of it, the remake. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I kind of want to give Resident Evil Zero another chance too. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the game, I, I, gave, I gave the game a lot of hard time because of a lot of the system that was kind of clunky. Yeah. But overall, the game itself isn't terrible. Maybe if I go back to it, it'll, it'll feel better. But I'll, I'll see. I'll see how that works out. But um, I'm trying to imagine other games that kind of stuck out to me. Near the game that got you working for our site. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I had never heard of this game before, let alone... I mean, I had heard of the game because I think... I know Matt put it on the list. I had never seen a screenshot of it. I had never... I didn't even know what kind of game it was. And um, we had Justin on the show, no less. And Justin, he doesn't like, you know, Japanese games, really. Or RPGs, especially. And uh, he was like, let's do Nier. And I'm like, you sure? Because I'm pretty sure this is like a crazy Japanese game. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And we did it, and we all really liked that game. You know, it was it was actually really interesting, and and uh, something I had honestly never seen before. I think it. The go ahead. The uh, the developer for that game, um, he also makes the the Drakengard games. Yeah. And he's a crazy person. <laughs> and what I, what I mean by that is like he is he's got something to prove every time he makes a game. And he, I think at an interview, he said he doesn't want to make the same game twice. So even like the Drakengard sequel games are very different from one another as far as how they work in some ways. Yeah, the gameplay is similar, but when it comes actually to the tone of the story and how the pacing is done, it's totally different. And he likes to make it so that it's very difficult. You have to go through a lot of hoops 
to experience the story. And it's kind of unintuitive in that way. Because why would you... It's kind of like... It's kind of like making like a 500-page book and then making sure the, the good parts are like somewhere in the middle and at the end and like the like 400-page something page. Like it, yeah, it just seems weird to me that he would do this. If you, I feel like if he just kind of pushed his pushed his like stubbornness aside a little bit, it would give him a lot more exposure. But he's, he's weird, man. But I guess that's kind of what makes the guy uh, who he is, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It was just there was a lot of interesting things in that game, you know. Like uh, I think the soundtrack was amazing, and mm. um, I'm a sucker for a great soundtrack. But uh, um, I think that um, it, it, there was some, some sections of that game that were just insane. It was you know like the uh, the whole text adventure, you know that was that was <laughs> yeah. that was a dungeon was just a complete text adventure, and I'm just like wow, this is crazy. This is something I've never seen before. So that was that was actually a pretty pretty fun game to do it's, as far as genres goes i think they put in like a bullet hill adventure yeah. they put in a text adventure game uh and they put in like the standard third person hack and slash and they did a couple other things like shooters and stuff it's weird uh, they just they just did all a bit of everything and then the whole thing with the ending with being able to, like having to erase your own save file to see the last ending and stuff like that it's kind of crazy yeah. i really i appreciate the very unique elements like that in the video yeah, game. I thought that was fantastic when you told me that. I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, I was like, you never, you, you know, and there's a total, like, undertone to that. So that was really interesting. Uh, the other game, I'd say another game that I really didn't like, I didn't like Metro 2033. In fact, I don't, uh, Matt and I both That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah you guys... I think you, I think I was listening to you guys show maybe like once or twice out of the episodes, and you guys were really harping about the storyline, especially, right? Well, I mean, they try to they try to throw everything in it. So there was not only were there mutants from this nuclear fallout, but there was also mm. aliens, but there was also ghosts, and I was just like, what the fuck are? I was like, what are you guys trying to get across? There's no aliens in Metro. Those are mutated people. Oh, it's not, I don't. They did. They didn't explain <laughs> any of this. It was just like, you know, and both endings were kind of crap. I was just like, this makes no sense to me. As like, they're just trying to throw in all this shit, and we missed half of it because we didn't know we were supposed to talk to people and and get quests from them and shit like that. Yeah, I I get. I understand the idea that it was very difficult to get a straight story out of it because a lot of it had to do with, you know, like you said, talking to people, getting pieces of the story, and you can just kind of uh, put it together like a big old puzzle. And I think uh, the endings were kind of mediocre, but I think as far as the like the atmosphere and how it uh, kind of puts the player into the shoes of the, the character, like little touches, like looking at your map, having to put the lighter out and stuff like that, it never really pauses the game. Uh, you know, having having your uh, gas mask fog up and get cracked as you take damage, and I, it, the little things like that really added to the atmosphere uh, to the game for me. And I thought the story was okay. I didn't, I didn't think it was great, but they fixed I think pretty much most of the problems uh, at the last light. Did you play the uh, Metro Last Light? I did light? not. I have it for free because I got it on the PS Plus, but I have not booted it up. It's it's a way better game than 2033. It's kind of like what a sequel ought to be. It's just bigger, cuts out a lot of the fat, and um, it's 
it's it's a lot less interpretable as far as the story goes because they tell you pretty much everything you need to know even without talking to a lot of the side yeah. characters. So so I do recommend checking that out. Although the PS3 version doesn't really run all that well. It's um it's a visual it's a visual knockout if you play like the PC yeah. version. So if you if you can get a I mean they have the the Metro Redux coming out they soon, do. right? What is what is that about? Like Metro Last Light is already one of the best looking games. They're gonna make that try to look better. What's what's the deal? I mean, the, you know what they're doing, right? It's uh, the, first it's, uh, the first game put on the second game's engine, and then the second game as well. Yeah, right? well, what the, what they what they're doing is is I, I haven't played Last Light, but Metro Twenty Thirty Three was a pretty difficult game. It was also kind of uh, stealthy, kind of horrorish. You know, it was more methodical, mm-hmm. um, and they're 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 allowing you to play last light like that as well you know a more difficult more more stealth action based kind of like the the ranger yeah. mode and they're in they're they're allowing you can basically flip the genres between the two games i mean that's a pretty big shift in difficulty yeah. you'd have to change around the enemy placing how uh when you eat bullets and stuff like that, you have. I'd have to see it to see if they actually pull it off well, because it's just more than just uh, shifting one or two parameters here yeah. and there. Uh, but it just seems weird that they would re-release a game that's come out what like last was it? Yeah, la- like late last year, I right? Believe so. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago because I I remember playing that game not too long ago. But yeah, it's Metro. Metro's okay. I think uh, the second one, especially, was very good. The first one was notable, but that was about it. Now I'm curious because I want to know. Uh, May fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Okay, so it wasn't uh, late. It was no. sometime. In the so mid. it's um, it's been about a year. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. It's it's been a hell of a trip. We've been doing this for two years now. Um, kind of crazy. And you guys went even further back than that with the other podcast where you did the same thing. Oh yeah, thing, right? um, just the the Game Club podcast. It was Zombie Frog Game Club podcast was the name of it. We did all sorts of shit there, man. The Persona Three. That took forever. <laughs> yeah, it's like an eighty to a hundred hour game. Yeah, and uh, Matt was the only one to actually finish it, and he didn't even finish it. Wait, he, he he's the only one to finish it, but he didn't. He finish got it. that How bad that ending. Oh. The one where you accept the offer and just kind of. Hey, why would he accept? He, that he accepted it because he wanted to be done with the fucking game. Because <laughs> because oh, he, he read, he said, "Oh, I still got a whole another month of game to play," and he's like, "No, I'm not doing that." <laughs> nah, you can't. You can't be getting that ending and saying, "I'm done with the game." That's just. Uh... It's like getting the bad Persona 4 yeah. <laughs> and then not playing the game anymore. I mean, I, totally we were so different. done. I think we had done like eight weeks of that game, and we were just like, my God, people had already dropped off. You know, uh, Nate had already stopped playing it. Mike, me, Mike, and Matt were the only ones left. And Matt was like, I'm just going to do this ending, and we're just going to talk about it to how far we made it. Yeah, as far as... 
doing like a, <laughs> a playthrough goes with other people, it's going to be difficult to finish. Anything that's longer than 15 to 20 hours gets, gets a little dicey. We can handle it. We did uh, Dragon Age. Uh, Dragon Age, but you have to remember that's a game that you're already beating, yeah. right? So when you're initiating some people that might not be into the genre as much, or you know they they're not kind of proven in that area, kind of gets because if you have one or two people drop off, then you know the level of enthusiasm just goes down by yeah. a lot, and you don't want to really want to finish it at that point. But yeah, Persona Three. <laughs> Man, I beat that game like three or four times. I only beat it once, but I enjoyed what I played of it, and then Persona 4 came out and blew my damn mind. You know what the funny thing is? I think as far as um, the overall tone and story goes, I, I preferred this Persona 3 really? story. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the whole idea of the whole apathy syndrome, the way uh, the world was turning out, and the idea of the... Uh, kind of the, the backstory... Um, you know, I guess I guess I don't have to talk about spoilers <laughs> at this point because that game came out like what, like 2003 or uh, something. Yeah, somewhere running there. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a long time, but I think the game felt a lot more dire, a lot more mature and serious. Persona 4 felt more like a Scooby-Doo adventure kind you of think episode. So? It was a it was a lot lighter in tone, especially if come on, if you talk about the difference in tone between Persona 3 and 4, it's a, it's much much lighter. But Persona 4 just has, you know, the better gameplay and better everything else, basically. Yeah, trust so. me, because when you start having to... You can't control your fucking characters, any other party mm -hmm. members, except for you in Persona 3. And yeah. if your character dies in battle, it's game over. Wow, you talk about getting pissed off. Well, actually, when your character dies in Persona 4... I know, but you can control your, other, your party members. Yeah, yeah. You know what the funny thing is? When Persona 3 first came out, I kind of understood why they made it so that the, the other characters were AI-based. Because of the whole idea of the connection between your characters. But they, made, they needed to make uh, the AIs better oh, yeah. in order to really make that uh, feasible. And it was okay. if you Once you got the uh, got a good idea of setting setting the AI controls with different type of tactics in, in Q, it's just like it's it works okay. But every single time like Misuro uses like barring card on an enemy that has an immunity to any kind of satisfaction, I'm like, Ugh. Uh. <laughs> It's like I'm almost dead. Why are you physically attacking? <laughs> Fucking heal me, God Yeah, but the thing about it this way, let's flip that around. You're about to die, right? And an AI-controlled character heals you and saves your life, or takes a blow for you, which you know also happens in Persona 3. It's like, wow, you know, that's that's good. You didn't you didn't tell them to do that; yeah. they just did that. So it kind of strengthened the bonds between characters and kind of gives you the illusion that they're people. That I think that's what they're going with, particularly. But the AI was bad mostly, so that didn't work out quite as well. But luckily, in Persona 3 Portable, they gave you full control of yeah. your characters. Which uh, which was quite the the nice experience. I actually played that game through the the female perspective uh, to see what the difference mm -hmm. might be, and it was actually interesting, kind of enlightening in some ways, because uh, when you're a guy, nobody really push for uh, push foots around your feelings, yeah, right. But when you're a female protagonist, they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't be so hard on her and things like that. It's, it seems kind of condescending, but at the same time, understandable to real life. You know, uh, I guess real life situations 
it's it was interesting because you I always play games from a male perspective, whether it be because that's only the option or because I'm a guy, so I always play that way. But yeah, it's just really? interesting. I usually always play female. Yeah. Do you? As a, as a, I don't know. When I'm playing like an RPG, I feel like I need to represent myself, right? So in that way, I need to be a man, like I am. Well, so. see, I like to role play. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, guys. it's like you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. My Dragon Age Origins guy that I use for the podcast was a, a male, but I didn't choose things that I would have chose. I chose things that he would have chose. So what you're really saying to me is that you like to look at yourself in the mirror, just give it a nice talk, and say, "Would you?" Would you? <laughs> I'd fuck me, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just checking because <laughs> I kind of, I kind of wonder sometimes about those guys that always choose the female protagonist. I just, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's something different. Just... My shepherd was straight female. Yeah, no, mm. she looked absolutely. She, if there was anybody who looked the opposite of me, it was my shepherd. Female shepherd, never. Yeah, the female shepherd. Um. And straight good. So, so what do you do with all those like relationship choices and stuff like that? You just you just go for guys. No, I, I was I was a lesbian with Leliana, not Leliana, uh, Liara. Uh, Liara. Oh yeah, she goes both ways because it's the whole blue people yeah, thing. Sorry thing. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Man, I for, I'm forgetting the names of the the stuff from Mass Effect. It has been a while. while. I, guess. I have I have played Mass Effect two three times, and I played Mass Effect three once, and we'll probably the the only time I will ever go back and play Mass Effect three again is if they release a Mass Effect trilogy on the PS4. Um, that might be in the works. If that's in honestly, the works, I'll, I'll, I'll buy. I'll buy day one because I still think that's a fan, fantastic franchise. Yeah, you know the funny thing about the, the Mass Effect series is kind of the curve of Bioware. I feel like right, Mass Effect One is kind of like they're like, hey, we can do this game, uh, and it's it's the deepest of the series, right? It has the most content as far as how things can. Uh, deviate from each other by the choices that you make the things that you do actually carries over with some uh with, with a good amount of consequence and the second game is a lot more is a lot more streamlined and a more a better playing experience but at the same time it's shallower to yeah. its predecessor and then the third one is kind of like we just michael bay this shit i mean they basically uh, did that with dragon age if you think about it uh, you know what I, I hope dragon age inquisition it's not going to be the Mass Effect. I don't, I don't think it will be, but if you think of Dragon Age Origins versus Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age 2 is a better playing game, but like Ken said the other day, it feels shallow. So I don't think they're going to make the same mistake with Inquisition. In fact, I don't think Inquisition is going to be the last game in the series. What, 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 what if we're, we get to the end boss of Inquisition and, and at the end... There's like this little child and says, choose a color of your ending. And then we're given three choices and we're like, uh, uh, I don't think it'll be that way. I hope not. I hope you know, so. I was fine with the ending um, as far as making your choice. Yeah, sure. Give me a fucking choice. Whatever. 
And but the thing that got me the most was the wrap up. They explained absolutely nothing. Like as far as where did Joker go? Joker and in my game it was Edie, Joker, and fuck who else was it? Might have been Caden. I can't. Uh, there's someone else surviving. Yeah, there was. There, it depends on who you. It depends on a few things that you did throughout the game. Who was gonna be on the ship with Joker? Um, uh-huh. but um, where the fuck did they go? You know, where did they land? They landed on a fucking planet, and they and it's like you know a jungle planet. It looks like it hasn't been inhabited by people. And first off, why the fuck did all right, we're in the middle of a fucking fight? Why did Joker just fucking take off? You know. I mean that. I mean they explained none of that. You know, I was just like, "Oh, Mass Effect Three spoilers, by the way." <laughs> so, yeah, well, you should have. I mean, it, 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 no. that that right there is what what pissed me off the most. You know, I know that my old roommate was going nuts over it. He hated it, hated it absolutely. And oh, oh, did you play the extended ending stuff that they put out as a patch? I never, I never played the extended ending. I didn't either, but from stuff. what I understand, they completely retconned the entire thing. Yeah. Did they? I mean, they can make whatever the fucking game they want to, but I don't know. Surely Bioware has learned from their mistakes. I'm sure that people will be very upset if Dragon Age Inquisition ends a lot like Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Which, I mean, Mass Effect 3 is not the final one. It's the final one for Shepard, but, you know. Mm hmm. I mean, Mass Effect uh, 2 should have been the final one in some cases, but eh, what 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 do you expect? I think franchises are just so strong once you start one and it has a decent following, it's fiscally irresponsible to finish the Well, ever. luckily with Dragon Age, you're not playing as the same character constantly. See, that was the thing. They had to live up to, you know, tell the story of Shepard in Mass Effect, while in Dragon Age, you have three different characters completely as far as, you know, Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, and then Dragon Age Inquisition. Hmm. No, now that I think about it, if every single Mass Effect and Dragon Age game till now and forever just independent games themselves, I'd be okay with that. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like how the, well, not like, you know, the recent Final Fantasy with Secrets 13. Does Japan really love Lightning that much? There certainly is a fan base, but Why? get it, man. She's 13. Just... I mean, I know as much as people, you know, bag on it and 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 make fun of it. Why didn't they make sequels? I mean, they I know they made sequels to it, but I mean, why didn't they make just a full-on sequel to Final Fantasy VII before they did fucking 13? I mean, thir- seven is possibly the most well-renowned one. Mm. Arguably, yeah, as far as uh, what the mainstream people like. But, I mean, Seven did the two extra spinoff games. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't God. direct sequels like 13-2. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't. And Lightning Returns. Maybe the, maybe the director felt the, the game was um, complete as it is. And, you know, I, I, can't, I respect that idea. I just don't think 13 deserved the, the sequels that it had. I didn't. I don't know. Is it... Do you think maybe like they made all the 
assets and stuff like that for certain, and it took so long to develop. They needed to get as much money out of what they made as possible, because all the, of the monsters and like the character models and stuff like that they used in thirteen, thirteen two, and thirteen three were basically identical to each That's other. True. So, I have to give it to Square though, or Square Enix. I always call them Square. They'll always be known as Square for me. Um, when I first played thirteen, Final Fantasy thirteen. The mere fact that they spent like an entire year just making the mouths match up with the English voice acting was fucking impressive. When I saw Final oh, Fantasy yeah. Thirteen, I was like, God, this is fucking next gen, man. Look at this. I mean, because it, it was a very beautiful looking game. There's, there's no doubt visually Final Fantasy Thirteen but, um, is exceptional. And I didn't mind Thirteen. I know a lot of people out there got really pissed off and were like, "Ah, oh, this isn't Final Fantasy because there's no ex- exploration and stuff like that. And I was like, this is a fucking breath of fresh air. I'm so sick of having to wander around areas and getting into random battles and and not knowing where to go. You know, I, I actually didn't mind the whole linear aspect of it. Like you said, it was kind of like the fresh air. But at the same time, what I did mind was the, the character and the story and the nonsensical jargon that they kept throwing at your face like they're writing all this nonsensical words made up in fantasy school. I mean, they... and, and the motivations of the character, characters themselves didn't seem interesting. And then the combat I really was like boring that combat. as well. I did. Did you really? I don't, I don't know. It, it seemed... I prefer 13-2's <sighs> combat. I think yeah, that was a great one, but... Uh, 13, I didn't mind. I, th- I was like, yeah, it's... I mean, you're not in direct control of pretty much anything. You know, the only thing you're really controlling is the, the damn... The, the paradigms. Yeah, that's that's all you're doing. And I, and I was like, yeah, it, the there's game. a lot of strategy involved as far as, like, you know, staggering enemies and knowing when to use different, you know, paradigms, stuff like that. I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. It was... Something that I kind of liked. It was different. You know, that was the thing. If anything, Final Fantasy XIII was different from any other Final Fantasy I'd ever played. Okay, I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. If you if you talk about a game that came before it was Final Fantasy XII, and if you try to... Eh, that's probably... That's the, but that's the MMO, right? Twelve. No, twelve is the one that looks like an MMO, but it's actually a full-fledged Which one's, single player. So eleven was the MMO, the first MMO? Okay, yeah, yeah, I never played 12. The That's the one. <coughs> Excuse me. Like I've said, I've just recently seen a screenshot of 12. I have never seen that game played, ever. <laughs> it does look like that, game, I didn't it? see it. I just saw a cutscene picture. I saw oh, bird okay. women uh, or something like that. Some kind of weird like race of people. Rabbit women. It's Final Fantasy X, oh, okay. I think. This is kind of interesting. So you have the the race people and creatures that are synonymous with tactics, like the bunny right. people, like that, and the beast men, everything, which is kind of neat. And Final Fantasy for all of its shortcomings, probably one of the most pure and flushed out story of the bunch, which is uh, which is good. But uh, the gameplay is the worst hmm. of all the Final Fantasy because uh, how how the the flow of combat stuff like is done is basically auto. Till everything dies, the game, and it's just, huh. just terrible. It sounds like um, terrible. God. What was the name of that game? They made two of them. Uh, it was on PS3. It was basically like a single-player MMO, uh, White Knight Chronicles. Yes, yes, White Knight Chronicles. Yeah. Yes, White Knight Chronicles. It's actually 
oh, incredibly similar okay. to like Final Fantasy. It's, I, yeah, I always wanted to play I, it, but I yeah, never I, like I at the at the time at the after that time. Did it come out after the 360? It already came out. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Final Fantasy uh, 12. Uh, I know it was the end of the PS2. I don't think okay. 360 had um, come out. Yet. It was probably during that time where I skipped out on video games. There was a there was about a year or two year span where I didn't play any video games. As of I first started college. Um, and mm. I started getting to the big dating scene for a long time. Um, and so I just okay. kind of skipped out on video games. Like, I I completely missed Snake Eater when it first came out. And, oh, um, I, um, okay. I went to a GameStop with a friend because I hadn't played, you know, I hadn't played games in like a year and a half. And, uh, I looked on the shelf, I was like, whoa, Metal Gear Solid 3? They made that? And they're like, yeah. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm buying that today, you know? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know they made this, you know? And, uh... I think I think it came out around that time, and I just completely missed it because I was a huge Final Fantasy fan. Oh yeah, that's why it was surprising to me that you haven't tried Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's the only one I've never touched. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's probably one of the most popular Final Fantasy games, just as much as Pain is, because it's really good for a hmm. PS2 game, actually. It's just, uh, I mean, it's the last PS2 games to come out. It's the last PS2 game, Square Enix, I think. So they put in a lot of work. That game looked pretty. And they did a good job. It's just the gameplay. I think that's the problem with Final Fantasy these days. They, they fight line on the whole game segments. Trying to make the mm-hmm. game look nice. That's, that was also the problem with Final Fantasy Thirteen. You have less people because they wanted that to look more fluid. The, so they gave you less things to do of how pretty this game looked. I'm like, well, that's nice. If I were watching a movie, but if I'm playing a yeah. game, I wanted to play well. Less about how how good and how well it plays. And they changed some of that with the thirteen two whole Pokemon that didn't really capture my action too much. And then you know the fact that you only have characters the whole game. Yeah. The doll, but it was okay. I enjoyed Final Fantasy 13 12 for a decent amount of time. I tried Lightning Returns. You know, Lightning Returns was interesting. I reviewed it. I reviewed 13 2 and 13 for the for the site. I I, I really liked 13 2. I, I was like, this is the closest thing I'll ever get to another Chrono Trigger. I was like, cause you're you know you're you're going through time what? and you're going to different areas at a different time. Hey, hey, hey dude, 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 come on. Final Fantasy was better, but let's not let's not put it. I'm not. I'm just saying Trigger. that it reminded me of Chrono Trigger. And, you know, the the time travel stuff was kind of cool, and I didn't mind the character Sarah. Kind of got on my nerves a little bit, but I kind of like Noel, and um. It, 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 I thought I thought it was very interesting, and I actually really enjoyed. It. I think I gave that game like a nine. I, I but um, okay. That's a good Lightning Returns. <laughs> I don't know. I, that, that game is not only difficult, but the combat completely takes like a sidestep. You know, it, it's not even supposed to be there. Almost, it's it's more like you're doing fetch quests, and you're you're giving yeah. me a fucking RPG. Where one, I don't level up by beating enemies. I don't level up, period. And B, you're mm-hmm. giving me a fucking time limit to do this stuff. 
This is a role-playing game. You don't give me time limits on role-playing games. Well, I'm like, time limits, kind of like how prescribed yeah. days, right? You have to kind of decide on how you yeah, want to but you're, you're not this in a, different. But when you're in the dungeons, you don't have a time limit, you know? <laughs> I can grind as much as I fucking want to. But there is no grinding in Lightning Returns, because the only way you increase your stats is by either doing fucking side quests or equipping better items. And, holy shit, why did they leave, you know, upgrading your items for New Game Plus? Why, why would you save that for New Game Plus? That is completely stupid. Yeah, you can upgrade your armor and your weapons by using that stuff, that, like the crafting materials you're constantly getting. Yet you never use. You use that stuff in New Game Plus to upgrade your equipment. So they gave you that stuff during first playthrough, but exactly. you never use it. Plus, what is this game like? Majority, do you get? No, like you five play hours? through What's going on? a fucking fourteen to fifteen hour game, and then go back and do New Game Plus. And there's the. Do you have to? Uh, new game plus, I mean, uh, it's, a good it's ending or something. Or? Potentially, you can get a bad ending because you didn't do enough side quests, you know, or not necessarily a bad ending. You don't get the true ending because you know you're trying to save as many souls as you can, uh, and by doing that, you have to increase the yurdrasil, the you know, the the big plant thing that's in the 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 main area, and each leaf represents a day. And there's, what, 13 days until Annihilation? So the more you do, the more quests you do, the more time is extended. So you can go up to, like, 18 days. You can delay the end of the world. And that's how you... I think, I think having to play... I'll pull off a mat. And that's, thing, so that's what I, I did to get the review done. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame you. That game has terrible frame rates. Uh, the whole. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it off right there. Um, that's where it really starts to get bad, as you can hear. So yeah, um, we talked a lot about Persona three and four. Um, had a really great conversation. It really sucks that we lost it, but you know that's what you get. Sometimes things go your way. Sometimes they don't. But anyway. Yeah, that's that's it for us. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, me and Matt finishing up um, uh, Super Mario RPG, uh, and then after that we are moving on to Dragon Age 2. So yeah, get ready for that one. We're gonna be we're gonna be digging into that. But anyway, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed what you could hear of us. Um, and like I said, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email, uh, and we definitely read on the show. But anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. I'll catch you guys next time. That was Jay, and I am Drew. I hope you enjoy some nice Persona 4 music, uh, a song called Your Affection. Your affection, your affection, taking from from me. Yeah.
Perfection, perfection.